Welcome to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage, the show that gives you a chance to hang with today's top contemporary jazz artists. I'm your host, Carl Brown. Welcome to the show today, everybody. So glad you're with us. Thank you for listening, as always. We're excited about our guest today. He has an infectious personality. He's one heck of a guitarist as well. He's got four albums to his credit, multiple chart-topping hits, including a number one hit with his song, Style and Elegance, that I'm sure many of you remember and still listen to and heard on Smooth Jazz Radio. He's a bit of a musical chameleon. While he, we know him, I, I came to know him on Smooth Jazz Radio he also tours with Maxi Priest, and he's played with a host of artists across multiple genres. So please welcome to the show today, Mr. J.J. San Saverino. J.J., what's up, man? Hey, 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 what's happening, Carl? What's up, everybody? How you doing this morning? Oh, man, doing great. Thank you so much for taking time to deal with us and chill with us today a little bit. My pleasure. I love it. And as we were speaking earlier... I love getting any opportunity to say what's up to everybody. And like you said, chop it up a little bit, man. Let's get to know each other. That sounds fantastic, man. Well, I want to start by talking about how your musical career got started. Were you a child prodigy that always knew you were going to be a musician or how did it come about for you? Boy, I tell you, I, I wish that was the case, but it was the exact opposite. Okay. It takes so many, many hours and so many days of practice. And, yeah. And still at this point in my career, I try to pick the guitar up every single day. Like I missed yesterday, so I'm got a little guilt on my chest. Uh-huh. I got to pick it up today and play a little bit. But I come from a family of singers, actually. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And they sang in a great genre of music called doo-wop music. Oh, and, yeah. So it was a great genre for all of them because you didn't need an instrument. You just needed your voice. Yeah, yeah. And that music, is I heard that, and my mother's mother was an opera singer. Okay. So I had music on both sides. Yeah. And it just, you know, was something that I just loved and loved and loved and loved and found a guitar and just started messing around with it and eventually started making some music on it. Uh Uh-huh. And then from there, I was in the Berkeley School of Music. I was so grateful for that. And that's where yeah. really took off and start to really gain a solid education and really dig in with amazing musicians and players that really pushed me to excel and work hard at what I was trying to do. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. I got to tell you, I have a daughter who's graduating from high school next year in Berkeley. She wants to be a singer, and Berkeley is one of the schools on her list. Oh, and, wow. and all, yeah. And in all the interviews I do, like Berkeley is like absolutely the truth, man, because so many people have gone through Berkeley. And cre- clearly, there's something that goes on with that education that really does give people, I think, I don't know, a, a couple leaps ahead of the competition, if you will. It does, because like you said, it carries the school's name itself and the establishment carries a reputation with it. Yeah. So. When you're young and you're like really excited to do this and this is like your dream and you're there and you're amongst this competition, you're in the walls of history. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, it's really exciting. Yeah. And it's really inspirational. And it was a great time for me. I still look back at it and I'm, I feel so grateful to have had that opportunity to yeah. be there. That's fantastic. That's so, JJ, did you, are you, I know you're in California now. Did you grow up in California or? No, not at all. We're okay. East Coast people, my family. And I thought that's what York. I was hearing in the voice was a little East Coast. <laughs> yeah. We're all from the New York area. And we're, it's funny because I'm in California now because 
I happened to be at my daughter, my god, my daughter's godparents' house. Okay, okay. Who were at one of my very first college roommates? Oh, cool. At Berkeley. Cool. And yeah, and so we're, we just finished a tour, and our last show was in California, and yeah. I happened to be here because we still stayed in touch over thirty something years, and remain close friends where it's beyond friends it's family now so yeah. we, we have a little downtime out here and we hang with some of our west coast family and it's so relaxing and about to head back to new york in a day or so and then okay. get back into another level of grind yeah 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 yeah. so tell us about the tour you just came off of how many cities did you do and and well, what went down it was awesome we left march 23rd mm-hmm. and we finished in our the first show was in the burke's jazz festival yeah in pennsylvania and yeah. did a few shows there that was fabulous got to work with my boy gerald beasley who's one of my most favorite cats to play with yeah a couple of shows with gerald and 480 east and myself and then from there we headed to miami had a few shows in miami then we were in uh, south carolina Atlanta, Connecticut, Arizona, California. You guys we made some moves. Portugal, Tampa. I mean, we were all over. And we finished Saturday night at Spagatini here in Seal Beach. Awesome. And uh, in two months, it was great. So I do have one more show coming up in New York, which is in a couple weeks. But okay. it was basically a three-week lapse between when the tour ended. So I felt it was better to end the tour when we were working consistently sure because now we'll have what we call spot dates after that for the rest of the season sounds good sounds good that's fantastic that's fantastic so great so are you what do you like when you're out on the road man like before you get on stage are you chill as a cucumber because you got a chill you got a pretty chill personality right (laughs) or are you just like man i can't wait to get out there or what do you like man i first of all carl i there's no place i'd rather be than on stage. Yeah. I love recording and I love producing my music and I love so many aspects of the music business, but by far I love being on stage. So before showtime, yeah. I'm so excited to rip it up <laughs> and with the guys and we're like, we're gonna do this. Let's put this blessing on these people. Yeah. Is everybody all right? We know where we're going, we know what we're doing. Let's go do it. And then we get out there. And this energy just takes me over. And I'm so lucky to have that. It's a spirit that God just throws through my body like a lightning bolt. And, yeah. And it's the best. It's the best feeling. I love it so much. I love what you said. Let's just put this blessing on these people, man, because yeah. I, that is such a cool way. I've never heard anybody say it like that, but that is such a cool way of saying it because I was at Burks, but I was there the weekend before you performed. You performed the second weekend, I think. I was there the first weekend. And then I actually was there the first weekend. Were you? I missed you then. I I totally missed you. Yeah, I was there. (laughs) But then I was just at another festival for Mother's Day weekend. And I got to tell you, watching the crowd, watching the audience, it is, that's exactly what's going on. Because, like, for that time, those of us in the audience are just like, we're just, we're captive, right? And it doesn't matter what's going on in our worlds. It doesn't matter what issues are going on. We are there and we get to release and let go and and have fun and enjoy. And that really is a huge blessing, you know? It is. I always say that as a kid, when I just knew from a young age that I wanted to be a musician, Mm -hmm. I I prayed to God, prayed to God every day because there's a lot of obstacles in your way. And there's a lot of people that 
are letting you know how challenging and difficult the road will be. Yeah. And I prayed and prayed and prayed. And I, I say that God answered my prayers and it's an obligation now to carry this blessing that he's given me. Yeah. And you don't know when somebody comes to your show, what they're going through personally. That's right. So when you're God's angel, you're supposed to just put that blessing on those people and bring some joy back into their life or help sustain the joy that they're feeling at that moment. You just want to leave people with something that makes them feel good because we're yeah. all entitled to feel good in this life. That's so true. And I can tell you, just hearing you say that, I can go back to many, many shows where I've been going through things and where yeah. just being able to sit in that show and maybe disappear from what I'm going through for an hour or hour and a half, whatever, right? Just how much, how meaningful that can be, you know? Yeah, it's important. Yeah. And I mean, I... Carl, I even go as deep to say sometimes you don't know, you know, I've been touring now for 34 years. Wow. And the millions and millions of people that I played in front of, you don't know whose life you may have saved out there. And if you save yeah. one life, yeah. I know it sounds like over the top and dramatic, but it's facts. You don't know what people are going through in their life. Yeah. Even with the smile they may project yep. or, the, or what they tell you, you yep. don't know what they're going through inside. And if you can just do something good to somebody and bring some love into somebody's life. I always say on stage, hey, listen, the only thing left in life that's free is your love. So yeah. don't be stingy with your love. Give Man, it away. That is so cool. That is Get so cool. Well, it is obvious that you are operating in the gift that you were giving, man, because listening to you and looking at the expression on your face when you talk about this, it is <laughs> that is just as plain as day to me. And that is a really, really cool thing. So, Talk us through your process for making music. Like you've had a lot of success and what inspires that? How do you say, here's an idea and I'm going to take this idea and make this idea something that, that I want to share with the world. It comes in different waves and yeah, I'm grateful. I've had a considerable amount of success. Mm -hmm. I've actually have five albums that are out five. Okay. and we're working on the six right now. Okay. I have my 14th or 15th radio single that's out right now. Like I said, it was a lot of work because when we did the first CD, we weren't thinking about making anything that had any resemblance to smooth jazz. Yeah. We weren't thinking about that. We were thinking about making great music. Yeah. And when you're making great music, you're on a course to make great music without barriers. Mm -hmm. You might make a beautiful piece of art, but it might not project you fast enough into the lane of commercial success. Yep. Yep. Good point. Which was okay because I was young knucklehead. I didn't care about success. I cared about bringing beautiful music to people. That's going to make them feel good. Yeah. That I was proud of. And that I thought was the best that I and we at the time that were working together could do. So it, it, it's been a journey and each album for me has progressed because I've learned to balance now how to bring music to the commercial platform. Yeah. If they can use to help play the game so that we can therefore use that to reach more people because with commerciality, is that the right word? I think you can bring more goodness and more love to more people yeah. easier. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Your, I was reading up on some information about you, and your music was described, or your playing has been described as 
kind of a melody of Carlos Santana and George Benson. And I was like, whoa, that's some heady, heady stuff, man. So what is it about how you do what you do that you think leads to that kind of a comparison? Well, it's I think it's such a great comparison because, yeah. you know, you get some jazz guitarist like Benson, first of all, that is one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. And he's a smooth brother, man. When, yeah. when he plays it, there's no rock and roll sound to what he does. He'll, he'll give you the blues. Yeah. He gives you jazz. He gives you smooth. He gives you R&B. He gives you everything. But you're not going to hear a little that rock edge. Yeah. Now, when you hear Santana, yeah. he gives you some of that rock edge. And I love so all genres of music and i like rocking out a little bit yeah but i like being smooth and i love r&b and i love the harmony of jazz and that's the greatest thing about the smooth jazz genre is that we are allowed to bring all these beautiful elements of music under that umbrella of smooth jazz so yeah. that's what i like to do and then you know when it comes to the live show i like to bring that bruno mars element into there the show you go I like to step it up and bring the energy and make it hot and engage with people because one of the most important things about playing live is I think you have to continuously engage with people. Yeah. Because we're having a conversation. Yeah. 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 You really are. That's a great point. And I, that makes such a difference though, too, in terms of how artists are perceived and received, right? It's like when you see Mm -hmm. somebody on stage, like I've been to shows and I've seen artists that I've loved on listening to and then i saw them on stage and i kind of felt like they were playing their instrument right then i've been to other shows where i've seen artists just like pouring out every ounce of every bit of juice and energy they got and it's just like you're on the edge of your seat and you're like it's like a kid in a candy store really when you go to those shows you know (laughs) yeah i mean the music that inspired me like i said all music has inspired me yeah but when it comes to entertainment you know when you think about those old soul and, and motown and yeah groups they looked good yeah they, yeah they had a dance yes they had a move they had a smile and then on the other side of the coin when you look at reggae artists they just bring this energy because we, when you're playing in front of a west indian crowd man they ain't cutting you no slack you yeah gotta bring it you gotta bring it so all of those they, that different influence i think is filtered into what i do And in the smooth jazz world, it's like extra hype, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic, though. So who you were getting into, I know I'm clearly Santana and Benson are influences. Who would you say are some of your other artists that have really influenced you and your desire to make music? I love jazz music. I love straight ahead music. Uh I love Miles and Coltrane. I mean, Miles and Coltrane was like music that when I really discovered it, which is when I really started to discover Miles and Train and all that was, you know, in the 80s, you know, mm-hmm. I was just starting to get into like really dig into some jazz. And it, it just would always put me in a place where I would just be zoned out into the yeah. music, deep in the music that nothing, nothing could get to me. And I love that about those artists. But I love, you know, there's a great band called Third World Reggae oh, Band. Oh, yeah. I know the love Third World Well. And, yeah. And they became great, great friends of mine. Matter of fact, I'm going to have. A few of those guys on my new CD. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then I love 80s music. I love Uh rock, new wave. I love hip hop from the 90s, rock music, classic rock I love. I love all that Mike Stern, John Schofield, killer guitar playing, Mm -hmm. Jocko. Yeah. Endless, man. And then all these great singers like 
Sade and Anita Baker. Yeah. Tina Turner, man. I love them all. Sting. I love Sting. Yeah. They all bring something different. And if it moves you, it moves you. That's right. They move. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you listed so many artists that I love in that. And so it is amazing, though, how, you know, like you can get lost in good music. You can like, get lost in it, right? <laughs> you can. I mean, like I can sit on my patio with my music going and i could do that for hours and just be and i remember one day i remember one day specifically it was a few years ago i think i spent like four or five hours sitting on my patio just listening to stevie wonder and just listening to like like thinking about the lyrics and thinking about the musicianship and all that stuff and that is a huge huge gift and a huge thing that 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 great music provides for people is that mm-hmm. release and that ability to just bring you in. Like, I don't know. There's not a lot of things that give you a whole lot more joy than that. Yeah, I agree. And it's funny how you mentioned Stevie Wonder. And when I think of like, just like right off the cuff, when I think of two of the greatest songwriting entities, it's to me is like Stevie Wonder and the Beatles. Because yeah. I always would hear the Beatles music. And they were cool and I dug them. I like, but it wasn't until I really like learned tons and tons and tons of Beatles songs. Yeah. When I found out how clever. Yeah. Songwriting was. Yeah. And then the same with Stevie Wonder, but on steroids. Yeah. 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 And I I had that experience just driving over to the studio today. I'm driving over here and Roberta Flax killing me softly comes on and I'm just like, I'm listening to the lyrics and I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is masterful. This is absolutely masterful. When you hear that, I think that's one of the things that I don't know that you hear as much of that today, but that's what makes that music timeless, right? That music will be playing for forever. Yeah, and that's the strange thing about the music business nowadays. I mean, when I was coming up and when you were coming up, look, man, I used to save my money to buy vinyl and records. Me too. And then... And you would go to the record shop and you might buy a record just because the cover looked cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And you might get that and then something else you've been looking for. And you'd go back and get in your spot and get your chair and put that music on and yep. just dig into it. And then read like all, look at the <laughs> album cover, read the liner notes. Yep. It was an experience. And when you would drop that needle on something for the first time, something you maybe had never heard and you experienced something for the first time, it was game changing. And yeah, like, yeah. And I miss that. And I feel sorry for kids in the younger generation that doesn't have that experience because they just stream through Spotify. And yep. yeah, I'm not a big Spotify fan. I'm on it, of course. Mm-hmm. We know that the artist doesn't get a fair chop of the royalties. Right. It does allow artists to be more creative and not the bend in the commercial success, commercial format as much. So Spotify allows people to be creative and just endless amounts of music. And on the other hand, it doesn't give the consumer or the fan the opportunity to dig in to the artist's yeah. dream. Yeah. From the first song to the last, the order that they put them in, the way the album looks, the things they say, all those things piece together to create that art. Yeah, I, that's so great that you talked about that, though. It's like uh, an album is not just a collection of songs right yes there's a thought process to what songs are going to be in there what story am i telling what's like you just said what's the order of the songs and why are Mm -hmm. the songs ordered the way they're Mm -hmm. ordered you know what i mean like definitely and you're right it's it's a different day because nowadays we're in this world of 
I'm 58, and so, like, I grew up at that time where, just like you said, man, it was like, man, them Ohio players and Cameo and David, them album covers, crazy. man, and then you spread them out, and then you read, like you said, you read all the liner notes and who's playing what on what and who produced this one, who produced that one. And now we just get a soundbite, right? We get a little taste of it. We don't, but we don't know all the background, right? I know. And, and you're and right. I don't think people know what. I don't think the younger generation knows what they're missing with that. And it's not fair, also, because let's take, for instance, the Quincy Jones album. Oh, yes, yes. All right. Now, if you were a young guitarist right now, coming up, Mm -hmm. who's fourteen, fifteen years old, and you kind of like the R&B, jazz thing that we're doing, that's kind of your thing, and you hear a cut off the dude or whatever, and you're like, oh man, that's great. Well, you know what? That's an album that when you hear it beginning to end, it's epic. And then you want to know who's going to know that Steve Lukather from Toto played all right. of the guitar. Right, right, exactly. And, and, I mean, so then you're like, how does somebody know that, wow, I am in love with the guitar playing on this album. So how do I know that one of my new favorite guitarists is Steve Lukather? You don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a shame. It's a shame that you're not getting the history and the education of the music along with the sound and the vibe of it. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Yeah, uh, man, man, we could go on with that one forever. But <laughs> we, That's why I still make CDs, Carl, because I spend money to make the CDs. They're not little yeah. envelopes I stuff a CD into. It's like you open it up. It's got every single song, every credit, who did what, yeah. who, who, who played this and that, and thank yous, and where we did things, and, yeah. and even a little few things of inspiration of how I'm feeling and what this album's supposed to mean. So that's why I still do that, and I think it's important. And That's good. Good for you, man. We still need that. Well, let's take a listen to some of your music that made some history. How about we take a listen to a song that went all the way to number one for you, Style Ooh, and Elegance. Yes! All right.
All right, everybody, that was our guest today, J.J. Sanseverino, with his number one hit, Style and Elegance. J.J., tell us about how that song came to be, man. Well, that song, it carries a great story with it, Carl, because it was, we all know about that time during COVID when yeah. we were all in lockdown, that was happening, and I didn't know what to do because the only things I'd done in my life was music and restaurant, uh-huh. so I'd never had a desk job, Okay, and I was a little frightened because... And during COVID in New York City, yeah. there was no restaurants and there was yeah. no music. So yeah. I didn't know what to do. And that Friday, first Friday, I flipped my phone on to Instagram Live and Facebook Live and started jamming my guitar and created something called JJ Friday Night Live. All right. And, and I played every Friday night consec- consecutively for 60 straight Fridays. Wow. Yeah. And I would play each Friday night for three to four hours without stopping. No oh break. Oh, my gosh. No pit stop, nothing. Just playing, requests, music, partying. We'd had some drinks. That's why we made it Friday Night Live. Yeah. But during that time where I had all the time in the world on my hands during the rest of the week, where I would be learning songs to play and I'd be writing songs and working on an album, I wrote this was one of the little songs that I wrote, kind of was a demo. And then on Friday nights, I would say, hey, yo, I wrote this song this week. It's new this week. And I would do that with new music every week. So like, wow. I probably wrote 60 songs during COVID, you know? That's amazing. And I, put, I would say, are you guys ready for it? You ready to get into it? Check this brand new one out. First time ever you're going to hear it. Boom. It didn't even have a title. It was called July 1, okay. 2020. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. And pe- people dug it. And little did I know that like eight, nine months later, it'd be number one on the Billboard chart. That's pretty it amazing. Was a, it, was, it was amazing. It was a dream come true. We talk about COVID, that time frame, and... Like I was talking to my daughter about it not that long ago and saying, do you recognize that you lived through something that has never happened where the world, the entire world stopped on a dime for the exact same reason? The entire world. Right. And it's, it was crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Because things might have happened thousands and hundreds of years ago. But the weight of what made it so bizarre was. This happened in modern day times, mm-hmm. but all our technology and science and yep. all of our sm- our smarts that we supposedly have, yeah, and that it, it crippled us, yeah, crippled yeah. us, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of scary, but it just humbles you and to realize that God is in control and absolutely, uh, you have to honor that and you have to have faith in God that you know it's going to be all right yep. and that whatever's going on, no matter how frightening it may be and how horrible, terrible. In God's course, and yeah, we have that yeah. And even in those times that are difficult, there's gifts in those times that are difficult too, right? Like yeah, for you, like for you, I mean, sixty songs and a number one hit. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> I know that's a huge gift. You know, sometimes our gifts happen, our blessings happen in the midst of some turmoil. You know, it's so true, Carl. So true. So JJ, with all that you've done over your vast career. How do you know when a song is ready to be released to the world? Is it a hmm. is it a certain feeling that you have, or is it part technical, part spiritual? What is it? How do you know? It's a lot of it. There's sometimes I'm hearing something like floating around in my head, like a lick or a groove or a melody, whatever it might be, and I can carry that around with me for weeks and weeks and weeks, and it kind of grows in my head. And I write a lot of songs that way now, where I don't even use an instrument. Mm-hmm. I just write them in my head and my heart, and then I sit down with the at the computer with my keyboard and my guitar and my software, and start to dig in and com- and put it down. You know, like yeah, 
get it out now into real music format. And sometimes these songs just happen and they're done within a day. Yeah. There's other songs that are like a labor of love where they take months and months, even years to finish. Yeah. So yeah. there's no rhyme or reason, no pun intended, George. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Right, uh, right, right. <laughs> of how it gets done. But I produce all my own music and I write all my own music. So when you're carrying that torch alone, you have to trust yourself. And it's very easy to second guess something mm-hmm. like you might really dig something, but you're like, somebody else might not dig it. You mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so it's just, you have to really trust in what you're doing. And when it comes to the commercial type songs, songs you're going to release to radio for singles and potential hits, you, you kind of have to play ball with radio and yeah. keep it within some guidelines. Yeah. You know? They want to hear strong hook. They don't want to hear too much avant-garde. They want to get into the hook quick into the song. You got to have the hook enough in the song and it's got to have a feel good groove. You know, mm-hmm. they, you have to keep, you have to keep some of that science and engineering into the music. Basically. Yeah. yeah. But it still has to be the meat and potatoes. It's still got to be a good feel, a nice chord progression. And most of all, a catchy melody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, JJ, we have this game that we play on the show. It's called bout it or doubt it. If you're about it, it's something you're into or you're feeling. If you doubt it's something you're not quite feeling. Can we twist your arm and get you to play today? Oh man. I'm all about this right now. All right, bro. let's do it then. Get them up. I mean you body body. I mean you body body. I represent. I doubt it. All right, so JJ, we're going to spin the wheel and we're going to get you a category, and then we're going to ask you a couple of about it or doubt it questions, okay? All right. All right. All right, JJ, your category today is leisure activities. All right. Bout it or doubt it. Attending sports events. All about it. All right. TV and in person. All right. Okay. So who are you rooting for? Man, well, you know, my number one sport is baseball by former New York Yankees fan. All right. Right next to baseball is basketball, and I'm a huge Knicks fan. All right. So it broke my heart a little bit when Miami manhandled my Knicks. Yeah, but, you know, East Coast. So I'm going Miami all the way. I think it's going to be Miami. And we know Denver now. So I'm all about it. Miami, let's go. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm a Milwaukee Bucks fan. I've been a season ticket holder since George Carl has been the coach. Right. And man. we got bounced early and I was at that I game. Oh, dude, I was at that game and it was so, 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 so painful. But I remember telling a friend of mine. When I found out the Bucks were going to play the Heat, I was like, this is the worst possible draw for them because Ugh. Jimmy Buckets owns Milwaukee when he comes. To, he went to college here. And that, that dude has been playing phenomenal. You got to get that brother his – you got to give him his props. Well, I knew when the Knicks were – the one game the Knicks won, when we won it at home and we had – we were all healthy. We had Brunson and Randall and Barrett and Miami didn't have Butler. Yeah. And we barely beat them. I said, there's no way we're winning this series. Yeah. Butler's yeah. going to be back and they're going to smash us. Yeah. He's been outstanding. But it broke my heart that Milwaukee got banged out so quick. You know, the whole 
flow of the playoffs, I don't think anybody would have projected what's going to no. happen in this. It's so I, I agree. I agree completely. I agree completely. It's been fun to watch, but I agree with you 100%. No one would have projected mm-hmm. this. No one would have projected yeah, this. So I got, okay, so I got to ask you another question. Okay. Anybody out there listening today, like you're a Yankees fan, right? There's There are certain things, if you're a sports fan at all, that, that you should put on your bucket list. And one of those things is going to a game at Yankee Stadium. You know, it's like Wrigley Field, Yankee Stadium. I remember going to a game at Yankee Stadium once and just kind of being in awe of the experience of being there. Mm, I can't argue with you at all because it's not even just the ballpark itself. It's the neighborhood around yeah. it, the bars and the swag and everything. Yep. It, it's amazing. The old stadium had a different kind of spirit in there. The yeah. new one is a, it's a very well-built nice stadium yeah but it doesn't rock like the old stadium yeah. but yeah it's still yankee stadium still yankee stadium i'm, I'm to the core yeah that's all right that's <laughs> all, all right about it. all right well let's ask you one more about it or doubt it question about it or doubt it golf all about it okay it. so you're a golfer too love it all love right it. all right i don't get to play enough but i'm all about it i love playing it's the most relaxing thing it's beautiful it's a sport that you can play up until you know you're you're well into your 70s or even 80s or, yeah. and it's a great bonding experience because you can go out there with some of your crew like say you have a threesome or twosome yep and they link you up another guy and pair you up there's just this camaraderie out there with all golfers yeah yeah and, rooting for each other great shot oh helping you look for your ball and yep when i see the greens and the sand traps the beauty mother nature's beauty it's outstanding makes me feel so good i am so all about it all right when you're out on the road touring do you get a chance to sneak any golf in ever or yeah i play more when i'm on the road than when i'm home in new york okay okay when i'm back home man it's like the grind is full time you know yeah wow yeah yeah good for you good for you yeah, well, that's awesome, man. I'm a golfer myself. I took about five years off and just got back into it about two years ago. And nice. I am enjoying it. In fact, I am getting my daughter starting to play. So, like, this week, she and I are going to go out and play a little bit together. So, look forward oh, to that. So, that's it's cool. awesome. Yeah. That is great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, we got to get out there and play sometime. We will definitely have to do that, man. That would be all right. Because I'm like you. Like, I'm out there enjoying God's creation. I'm out there enjoying the weather. I'm out there for the camaraderie. I'm not great at it, but I enjoy it, right? And so I keep practicing, keep trying. I'll get better, but I'm just out there to have fun with it. I know, right? I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Well, let's play some more of your music, man. How about we listen to your newest song, Keep It Moving? That would be awesome. I really love this one. And maybe when we come back, I'll give you a little story on how this one was written. Sounds good. Sounds good.
everybody. That was the newest song, the newest hit from J.J. San Saverino, Keep It Moving. So, J.J., yeah, tell us about the story behind that song. So, Keep It Moving is, I think it's my favorite radio single that I've done. Wow. And I just like it. It feels good. I wanted to have kind of a, a little bit of a throwback, but a party feel, a feel-good feel. And the way that it was written was fun because... In New York, we get a lot of snow in the winter. Mm -hmm. So my wife and I decided it was time to get away from the snow. Uh -huh. So we moved down to Miami Beach for three months this winter. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we were down on the beach for January, February, and March. And I was playing some residency down there at some venues. I was working quite a bit. And I was traveling to where I needed to be to do my shows. But yeah. um, it was really more about some R&R &R and just digging into nice weather. That's cool. And, I mean, it was like 85 degrees every day in January. What's not to like about that? Right. But my record radio promoter kept saying, Jay, you got a single. We need a single by this date. It's no problem. I got it. I got it. Now, I hadn't put nothing down. But <laughs> when I was sitting on the beach, I kept hearing this. Dun, dun. <laughs> kept having it in my head and i was like all right and i wrote that song for weeks and weeks and weeks wow only in my head on the beach and i literally finished it and then i went up and i just did it in two days wow no kidding and then i sent the music out to omari williams the drum plays drums on it yeah he sent it back the next day imported the drums to it and it at the same time, Smitty had the bass line for Smitty Smith, uh -huh. sent that back. Westbird had put the keys down. I had written the horn section, the percussion to come in, and got it to Blake Aaron to mix it, Steve Hall to master it. And from when I sat down to first put it, start writing it down, till when it was done was like a week and a half. No kidding. That's amazing. Yeah. And That's it just, amazing. There's nothing I'd change in it. Sometimes you're too, what's the word I'm looking for? If you, Going too quickly through it, yeah, might be things that could have been missed. But I just, I love it. It feels good, and I'm. It's my favorite one to date, and I'm glad it's it's the most recent. That's fantastic. And for our listeners that don't know, JJ's just rolling off some of these names, but these are like heavy, heavy hitters. And like the fact that you could get them all to be available to work on it in a week and a half is pretty amazing. I know. Well, I'm lucky because Omari Smitty. Danny Sedanic, percussionist, Westford, and John Powell on trumpet. It's, I use this for the radio songs. I use the same crew all the time. Okay. Because okay. to play on radio is different to play on an album. You know, we were mentioning earlier about staying with those parameters, staying in the lane of commerciality. And those guys know what to do. Mm -hmm. And like, I give them the, you know, the drum pattern, but Omari just takes that and does what he does. And I put that trust in them. Same thing with the baseline. These guys know what to do. Yeah. They know what I want. And Blake is so patient when it comes to mixing. And he always puts the, a killer mix on and Steve Hall with the mastering. It's a great crew that we have. And the other cuts that I put on the CD, they're not really in, in as commercials because I like to expand a little bit. I like to just to do a little bit more different. And yeah. then I might use different musicians and different mix engineers just to mix it up you know yeah 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 yeah. i got to see blake live perform live for the first time just two weeks ago and oh, what'd you see him? i saw him at the jazz on the vine festival at the ostoff resort in wisconsin oh, nice. and he had vocalist aaron stevenson with him and they put on one heck of a show well blake is phenomenal guitarist yeah. great guy aaron is amazing 
So needless to say, I know that they was taking names that day. Yeah, they really were. It was a fantastic show. It was just a wonderful, (laughs) wonderful show. So speaking of going to concerts, do you remember the first concert you ever went to and who it was? It's funny because I get asked that all the time (laughs) and I can't remember. But I do remember one of my favorite concerts, which was in the beginning uh-huh. and it, it stands out so much because i mean i saw so many concerts in madison square garden yeah but the one that was my it's like my all-time favorite concert was 1984 madison square garden on halloween night it was a friday night huh and it was a, the concert was called crackdown because crack was starting to get okay. around and okay it was the benefit concert to raise awareness to that epidemic that was happening yeah so it was six groups that day. The first group was Olatunji Ola and his Drums of Passion. Okay. He's a Nigerian drummer. Okay. Phenomenal. And in the middle of his show, Carlos Santana comes out and starts oh, playing with him. man. I'm like, where'd that come from? Wow. Second act was Ruben Blades. Oh. A salsa singer from Panama. Mm-hmm. And he was on fire. So now you got like African drumming. You've got salsa. I mean, this is New York City, you know? Yeah. And in the middle of Ruben's set santana comes down starts jamming with him third group was run dmc oh man yes run and dmc that was curry they had just come out with king of rock Uh that was awesome right after that was santana with buddy miles singing okay and that was sick then after that was crosby stills nash and young wow and then after that was the Almond Brothers. Wow, man. So, yeah, so talk about like all kinds of music. Now, that's a festival concert. And that was just a concert. That wasn't a festival. But yeah. talk about great music and being inclusive. And yeah. They, they made statements with music ma- was making a lot more statements in those days. And there was a lot more concerts, especially in New York, where you would have local groups would all team up together. Uh-huh. And play. Uh-huh. And it was awesome because their fans would get to know your fans and yeah. you get to hear this and so forth. And it bridged a lot of fans and musicians together. And crossing all those barriers, that's a really super cool thing, too. Yeah, definitely. That's a super definitely. cool thing. So, JJ, what advice would you give your 13-year-old self about life? Oh, man. I, you know what? Just not about music, but about life is be patient. You have to be yeah. patient. You have to have carry as much love in your arsenal as you can. And don't be frustrated with people. Care, have patience. Work hard. Work, 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 work. Don't be lazy. Mm-hmm. Finish what you finish what you started and be kind and help people. That yeah. that's you'll live a good life if you can have carry all that with you together. Yeah, you most definitely will. Let you most definitely will. Well, we got time for one more of your songs. Let's check out Ride With Me.
All right, everybody, you just heard Ride With Me by today's guest, J.J. San Saverino. So, J.J., what is something your fans would be surprised to learn about you? Well, my fans know that yeah, I love to cook. I consider okay. myself an outstanding chef. But All right. They know that. But maybe new fans would be interested to learn that. And I just like the simple things in life, man. Yeah. I like to play cards. I like to go to the beach. I like to go love sports. I love to watch them live. I love to play them. Yeah. I love to cook. I love family. But if I had to say the one thing I think the fans would be shocked about is I mentioned earlier in our chat that I've only really done music and restaurant my entire life. Yeah. I'm still to this day a bartender in Times Square. No kidding. Wow. Only one day a week because I just been. I do it for fun, more or less. Yeah. I don't, but I haven't been behind the bar since December because we were in Miami and then we've been on tour. So, like, literally, we're heading back to New York in two days for the first time in five months. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, and then Tuesday, I'll be behind the bar every Tuesday. What makes you continue to do that? It, I, like to, I like to push myself. I do a 14-hour bar shift, no stopping. Okay. You wow. Know, you, you work hard, bro, you know? Yeah. There's no sidestepping but i love it i love people i love being behind the bar i meet so many wonderful new people the amount of people i meet behind the bar that end up becoming fans of mine and coming to shows it's it's incredible yeah yeah. and then on the other side fans of mine from all over the world when they come to new york they come by the bar that's crazy man yeah and the the cocktail menu there is designed by me i've been at this one spot for 18 years now what's the name of the spot it's called Stitch Bar and Blues. All right, Stitch 30, Bar and Blues, Thirty Seventh Street and Eighth between Seventh and Eighth Avenue. Okay, Stitch Bar and Blues. Everybody, y'all heard that, so y'all go check mm-hmm. it out. And JJ's Only gonna be Tuesdays. in there. Only on Tuesdays. Okay, okay. Yeah. Next time I'm in New York, I'm gonna have to make sure I'm coming by on a Tuesday. I'll be ready. I'll make sure you leave happy. All right. I'm sure you will. (laughs) I'm sure you will. So I got time for a couple more questions with you, man. I love to ask these questions of everybody on the show. The first one is your three favorite albums of all time. Oh, boy. I'd have to say the Breezing album by George Benson. Yeah. I'd have to say Quincy Jones, the dude. And I'd have to say, was it Moonflower? Okay. The double album live Santana album. Oh, all right. Yeah. Those are the three that immediately jump. But I love some of those Hendrix albums. Yeah. I love some of those Van Halen albums. I love all the George Benson albums. Yeah, yeah, right. I know. <laughs> and all the Santana albums. <laughs> and uh, just so many great ones. But those are the three. Awesome. Awesome. And the other one I love to ask is you're having a dinner party. You can invite any three people, living, deceased, musicians, not musicians. Who are you inviting and what's on the menu? Well, I'm bringing Carl Brown for sure because uh, he, he throws it down in the interview. So ain't nothing Brown. but a thing, man. I'm there. You just tell me when. <laughs> you know who I want to get together for dinner with, and he's a good friend of mine, is James Lloyd from Pieces of a Dream. Yeah, because yeah. James loves to cook also. Okay. So I would probably like to have Carl Brown, James Lloyd, and but we got to have some pretty girls with us there too. So oh, we got to yeah. find some. <laughs> but what's on the menu is because I love to cook. We do huge dinners that I do. I like to find out first of all what people like to eat, what they don't. Yeah, like to eat. yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they pretty much like to eat everything, 
Mm-hmm. So we start out. My family's Italian, so we start yeah. with Sicilian. And you're gonna have, we're gonna have what we call antipasta. Um, okay, we're gonna have a, a plate with some salami, gabagool, the there cheese, we go. roasted peppers, cabanata, breads, pizzas, some pasta salads, those kind of things. Yeah, and then we're gonna have some hot antipastas, maybe some baked clams. All right, fried, cal- fried calamar, stuffed calamar, octopus salad. Fried fish, mussels and a red sauce, those kinds of things. Ooh. Then we're gonna have pastas and or some risotto, which All will be right. some pasta with seafood or machachana, carbonara, those kind of dishes, lasagna. Then we're gonna have some main courses, which is gonna be bronzino or red snapper, wow. um, steak or some chicken salt and boco. People ain't gonna be able to leave, man. <laughs> Well, we, we can't come over for two hours. We take about four hours. Lots of wine and drinks and cocktails, prosecco, desserts, and I make everything everything from scratch. That everything. is fantastic, man. Well, you yeah. know what? I'm thinking in my head. Okay, we got to make this happen. We got to make this yeah. happen. I'm down for this. I am totally down for this. So good. Well, my friend, I got to tell you, it has been absolutely wonderful getting to have you on the show today been a fan of your music for a while i'm so glad that others know your music and are listening to your music tell everybody where they can go find out more about you your music anything you got going on well the easiest thing is just go to jj that's two j's with no dots no a's no i's no y's two capital j's san saverino sounds like that water you may have seen called San Pellegrino <laughs> is San Saverino. And that's my website. That's my all my handles for all social media. Awesome. And I love to get people's emails. So if you ever reach out to me, make sure you get your email to me. And I'm always in touch. And I'm really good about staying in touch with people. Oh, new fans and old fans and just keeping it going, bro. Yeah, just keeping it going. That is fantastic. Well, man, again, I we wish you nothing but continued success and we thank you so much for taking time to chop it up with us today. Thank you. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to invite me to your party today, Carl. I appreciate it. And I just wish everybody continued health and happiness and remember this especially in these times that we're going through crazy stuff yeah remember to have faith remember That's to have right. faith absolutely well thanks again my friend all right thank you brother I'll see you soon all right sounds good all right everybody and tickets are selling fast for the 2023 fresh coast jazz festival august 25th and 26th at the paps theater in milwaukee featuring larry carlton rick braun julian vaughn paul brown lindsey webster lynn roundtree ollie silk jeff ryan and more Tickets on sale now at FreshCoastJazz.com. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check out our website, FreshCoastJazz.com, to sign up for our email list so you can stay up on what's going on with contemporary jazz. We'll see you next time on Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. Backstage.